to pay attention to Chicago. If he cannot pay attention to Chicago and the African-American community, he needs to resign. Watch the full Rebel Pundit video at TheBlaze.com. I'm Tom Peace, The Blaze News. Cops in Jersey City, New Jersey, mourning the loss of one of their own today. The officer responding to an armed robbery call at a drugstore, shot and killed by a man who'd snatched a gun from a security guard inside. The gunman shot dead by other officers. An arrest in last month's shooting on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. The Blaze Radio's Greg Moore reports. Mississippi authorities agreeing to extradite a man who is a suspect in a gunfight that killed one person and injured nine others last month in New Orleans. 20-year-old Trung Lee was arrested last week near Gulfport, Mississippi, shortly after being named as a suspect by police. He is refusing to waive extradition. New Orleans police are still looking for clues and information on another shooter in the incident which took place June 29th. I'm Ken Stevens with News on the Blaze Radio Network. Truth lives here. Hi, everybody. Jim Howell from the KFNX Weather Center. Most of our monsoon storms confined to the high country. 108 here in town. Then we pick up more monsoon activity tomorrow and Tuesday. Jim Howell, Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 108 degrees. Join registered addiction specialist Don Maxwell and substance abuse counselor Terry Ladau for Recovery Talk Live Thursday at 3 p.m. Hear real-life success stories and gain sanity in your own life. Recovery Talk Live Thursday at 3 p.m. Here's what Sandy Barrett, a realtor here in the Valley of the Sun for 32 years, had to say about Jack the Roofer. You know what? He is the only call I make when I have a roof issue. He is on time. He is clean. He is precise. I've known him about 20 years. He's the best. Get your roof fixed right the first time and get it fixed before monsoon season. Call Jack the Roofer, 602-996-7443. That's 602-996-7443. Welcome to this week's The Prepper Pat Show, where your host, Tony Tangalus, will discuss self-reliance as a lifestyle choice and offer useful resources to help keep your family prepared for the challenges you could be facing. Okay, Preppers, it's July 13th, Sunday. It's, uh, we're in the final moments for those that are sports fans of the World Cup, uh, Germany versus Argentina. Uh, please do not announce to me who's winning or won. It was 0-0 going into the 80th minute, and I got my DVR set to finish it off. And one thing I've noticed about soccer is, man, it's boring compared to American football. It is really boring, especially when you got a 0-0 game. But uh, in any event, let's talk about the show today. We have back for the fourth time in five weeks Bob Gaskin, who's a former U.S. Marine. He's a radio show host back in the East Coast. He runs Black Dog Survival School. He's the author of several books that we've been reviewing in detail on the last three or four weeks. And he's also a dedicated family man and a prepper. Um, Bob, welcome back to the Prepper Patch for your fourth week out of five. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. All right. I want to just kind of review for our listeners. Um, Bob has several books that we've reviewed. There's The Morals of Survival we reviewed in late June and in the first two weekends of July here, we're reviewing society-ending events the first 180 days. And these, these books are basically about what to do and how to act and how to be when the Skittles hit the fan. And they are really great. Um, we're going to get a little later in the show, we're going to tell you how you can obtain these books. Um, the, the overview, I'm just going to kind of summarize for listeners that may be joining us now that didn't listen to our prior shows. The overview is basically 
in a nutshell, and, and the, you still want to get the books. Don't just take the overview. The books have very good detail. But the overview is God's Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule and the way you should behave, do not go on vacation in a disaster. If anything, God calls us to be more charitable, loving, and giving in a crisis, not to be looting and pillaging like American society typically does in post-Katrina, post-Rodney King riots, uh, post-any disaster riots. And you compare and contrast our behavior to the Japanese after the Fukushima reactor and the tidal wave, they had almost no looting over there. People, people are not programmed to loot. It's the society, it's society's pro- programming and education and, and the morals of the society. And, and I have to say, the Japanese have a much more honorable society than the American public does. Uh, some of the other things he has in there, uh, people are not prepared for the tremendous <clears throat> suffering and loss of life that will occur. Many countries have projected that 85 to 90% of the population will not be alive 180 days past the society in the event. And this, these books help people understand how to act during that time, how to anticipate what could be the issues, and if you want to be alive, what you need to do and be preparing now so you can be there. Uh, another big theme, less than 1 in 1,000 people who think they can uh, will use a gun to kill someone in a crisis will have the nerve to do it when the moment of truth is upon them without flinching. Um, some of the other things we covered is how to develop the warrior mindset, facial and body language recognition. So there's, there's some really, really great stuff in these books. Uh, today we're going to be finishing up the book called Society, Any Events, the First 180 Days. And, Bob, I'd like to jump into uh, ch- uh, Chapter 6, which uh, is titled P- Preparing for Teotihuacan, which is the end of the world as we know it, the acronym. Um, so go ahead and uh, kind of jump in here and uh, share with our listeners um, what your thoughts are in that regard. Well, the, the big thing about that chapter uh, is understanding what it is we're going to face, which is what the first five chapters are about. Then when you get into that, it becomes kind of overwhelming. You know, when people when people first become preppers, it, it seems to be, you know, once you recognize the need to prepare, it seems to be everywhere you turn, you're finding another thing you need to get prepared for, or you're finding another thing that you're going to need in the aftermath of a society and an event. So the overall theme to that chapter is first understanding what we're going to be going through and then how to prepare for that. And there's, you know, Five basic steps. One, you have to determine whether you're going to bug in or bug out. Two, you have to determine what you need for a get-home bag to get home to where all of your stuff is. Uh, and if you're bugging out, then you need to have a bug-out bag to get to your location. But it's it's basically, that chapter is basically a step-by-step how to do that. But the overall theme that I want everybody to get out of that chapter is is, is this. Take a deep breath, relax, stay calm, make a list. And attack it one step at a time. You know, it's you, you don't you don't walk into a building and decide you want to go up to the fifth floor and the building doesn't have an elevator and then all of a sudden poof you're on the fifth floor. You have to take one step at a time to get there. And it's the same way with getting prepared. You know, it can be very overwhelming if you're trying to figure out how to get to the fifth floor. You know, just stop, take a deep breath, relax, do one step at a time. Yeah, and that's great advice. You know, so many people there's so many reasons not to get into prepping. There's a lot of people don't believe in prepping. They, they think that, you know, the food's going to always be there, the banks are always going to be open, the dollars can always be stable. And then when people start realizing that the, our society is fragile, they 
start wondering, oh, my gosh, they, they look at the fire hose information out there, and they get overwhelmed, and then they have analysis paralysis and don't do anything. So just like you said, just exactly. getting started and, and taking it one thing at a time. And, and your books are so good because they really help people prepare mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, which is so often overlooked in prepping. So many preppers exactly. I meet, they're, they're like, you know, they think prepping is all about stuff. I need more stuff. I need more food. I need more of this. I need that. And, yes, you do need stuff to survive. You need food to eat. You need water purification to, to make sure you have safe drinking water. But the, the most important, the most imperative thing about prepping is having your mind. As, as, as the Grant Hill commercial says in basketball, 90% of sports is from the neck up. 90% of prepping is from the neck up. It's all in your sure. head. It's, it's maintaining your emotional stability, being calm uh, when, when everything, everybody around you is losing your head. There's a, there's a great uh, uh, poem written about that. I can't remember it. But, you know, just keeping your head when others are losing it about them and, and, and being spiritually based, whatever your religion is, having a center, having a spiritual center and a core that you lean on and you rely upon in those tough, tough times. Is, is so important. And your books do such a good job of pointing people in the right direction and, and reminding them that they need to, to just be calm and, and take things one step at a time. And, and excellent, excellent tools all throughout these books on how to prepare. Um, I want to uh, jump to Chapter 7. Uh, this is the big debate, the big dilemma. Bug in or bug out. It's like that Clash song. Should I stay or should I go? If I stay, there may, or if I go, there may be trouble. If I stay, it may be double. You know, and that's right. What I, you know, so so share with our listeners, you know, your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, this, you know, yesterday we were doing a a workshop and seminar all day type class thing um, here in Branson, Missouri, and and one person in the class kept asking me over and over again, you know, well, what about the super volcano? What about the super volcano? What about the super volcano? <laughs> and it just, it, it got to the point where I finally just had to stop and go, okay, let's talk about the super volcano. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because that person told me when, when we started talking about Tony Tango, she says, well, I'm, I'm going to be on his show here in a couple of weeks. So I'm not going to mention her name, but it's, it's one of your future guests. But anyway, okay. we were, uh, we were talking about it and, and I finally just had to stop and lay everything out because her big thing is she has friends in Colorado. Uh, she knows the continuation of governments in Colorado. Um, you know, she's looking at if the super volcano goes, you know, it's going to hit the jet stream. It's going to move, uh, basically the cloud, the dust cloud is going to move uh, in a southeasterly direction. So if she's up in the northeast or northwestern corner of Montana, she should be fine and all of this. So I had to break it down for and explain the nine super volcanoes that are worldwide, how they're all connected, how they're connected to the to the seven continental cratons, um, and how when one goes, they're all going to go. So it's kind of irrelevant, right? So she's like, okay, well, if I'm here in Missouri and the super volcano goes, do I need to head east or I need to head south? And I'm like, okay, so let's say you head south. Well, it's a triggering event. It's going to trigger multiple natural disasters all over the place. So if you're trying to cross the Mississippi River, boom, the, the new Madrid, uh, the new Madrid fault goes. Now you're, now you're drowning in the middle of a Mississippi River that's three times as wide as it normally is. The basic point to all of that is this. You have to decide beforehand if you're going to bug in or bug out and you have to have a plan. And when the disaster hits, you have to follow the plan as best as you can, recognizing that different scenarios are going to pop up. All of that being said is this. It, it doesn't matter whether you bug in or bug out. If you don't follow your plan, you're at risk. 
if you do bug out to go to your bug out location, you could die along the way. If you stay at home, you could die at home. You know, so it's this huge debate about which is best. They're both just as good. If you throw a rock into a pond, you see a ripple effect. And that's the way that humanity is going to leave the cities. They're going to leave in waves. Now, you can be a part of one of those waves and be out there with all the people fleeing the city, or you can try to withstand that wave after wave after wave until everybody's finally gone. Does that make sense? That makes great sense. And, Bob, we're coming up on our first break, so I'm gonna, we're going to take a break now and do a few commercial endorsements that help us keep the show on the air. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Bob Gaskin about his book, Society Ending Events, The First 100 Days. You're listening to The Prepper Patch on KFNX. We'll be right back. Listening to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Investors try to predict market trends, but the key to successful investing is eliminating guesswork and emotion. That's why an investment model based on key indicators yields stronger returns. Arlington Capital Management has successfully implemented a model called Proactive Asset Allocation Strategy, or PAS. It eliminates guesswork, market timing, and an outdated broad diversification strategy. For example, over the last 14 years, investments selected by the PAS model achieved returns five times greater than a broadly diversified portfolio. I'm Joe Lepresti, president of Arlington Capital Management. Our clients have found that a proactive strategy helps build their wealth during bull markets and preserve it during bear markets. Our unique PAS investment model tells us when to buy, what to own, and when to sell. I'd like to invite you to a proactive investment management seminar in Scottsdale, Tuesday, July 15th at 7 p.m. To reserve your seat, please call 855-471-5796. That's 855-471-5796 or register at arlington-capital.com. Phoenix Relief Center is the Valley's number one medical marijuana dispensary, conveniently located at 35th Avenue and Southern Road in the Walmart Plaza. Our professional staff takes pride in getting to know each and every patient and helping each patient find a strain that is right for them. Unlike some dispensaries, our strains are grown by people who love what they do and only want the best medicine available for you. With over 15 top-shelf meds available, you are sure to find the perfect strain at Phoenix Relief Center. Search for us on leafly.com. Phoenix Relief Center. Hey, I'm Don McDowell. Join me every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, for Shake, Rattle, and Troll, Arizona's only exclusive fishing show. A look at local, regional, national tournaments, recreational fishing, freshwater, saltwater, and beyond. Shake, Rattle, and Troll is brought to you by Bill Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge. Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on KFNX 1100. Tune in to the Edward Woodson Show with me, your host, Edward Woodson. We'll talk business, politics, and the things that really make you mad. Catch the Edward Woodson Show, weekdays from 5 to 6 a.m., only on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Car overheating? Didn't pass emissions? Just plain tired of it. Donate it, running or not, to Catholic Charities. It's tax-deductible, and pickup is free. Donate today, 866-688-GIVE. That's 866-688-GIVE. 
Do you need money today with no credit check and in less than 30 minutes? American First Financial can help you with an auto title or registration loan. Whether your vehicle is paid off with your Arizona title or if you're still making payments, we can approve you today. We stand out from the competition. We're listed with the Better Business Bureau and licensed. We're also family-owned and operated locally. We're open seven days a week. Call us today at 602-862-1000 for a friendly quote on your vehicle. Find us online at aztitleloans.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? Call 855-560-SAFE. 855-560-SAFE for your complimentary strategic money kit. Safe Money and Income Radio, 10 a.m. Saturday. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Okay, we're back with Bob Gaskin talking about his book, Society Ending Events, the first 180 days. This is the fourth show we've done with Bob. Before we get back into his book, I want to mention two upcoming events that are coming up. We have Sheriff Richard Mack, who took on the Clinton administration, sued him and won in Supreme Court, is going to be appearing at the North Scottsdale Christian Church from 9.45 a.m. to noon on Saturday, July 19th. That's at uh, 28,700 North Pima Road. It's the northwest corner of Pima and Dynamite, the North Scottsdale Christian Church, and he will be there this coming Saturday the 19th from basically about 9.45 to noon. And then we have another gentleman named Carl Pittman who's running for the sheriff of uh, Harris County, Texas, which is where Houston is. He's going to be at the Daisy Mountain Tea Party Patriots meeting, which is at 3701 West Anthem Way at the Anthem Civic Center. He'll be there Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. This guy is fantastic. I heard him speak at the Deer Valley Tea Party Patriots last Friday night. And I'm going to be going Tuesday to hear him again. He is fantastic, and you will really enjoy his his refreshing perspective. Well, Bob, I want to get back into your book. We were talking about bugging in and bugging out and uh, the risks and opportunities of each. Uh, please continue on with what you were uh, commenting on, uh, you know, how you, how you got to have a plan. Regardless of what you're doing, you better have a plan and, and plan your work and work your plan. Exactly. You know, the, the thing is, is there's going to be unexpected things that pop up that you're not ready for. So just kind of recognize that, work in some different scenarios in your plan. Uh, you know, like uh, <clears throat> if you have kids in school, right, um, and a society event happens or some kind of natural disaster or something happens, you know, who's going to get the kids? Um, if, if it's a standard family, two kids, man and a woman, you know, is, is the man going to the school to get the kids and the meeting his wife at home? Uh, is he going to his wife's work first, you know, and then together they're moving to the school to get the kids? You know, what, what is the plan? So you, you have your family response plan. Uh, everybody should have a copy of that family response plan typed out or written out and in a Ziploc bag inside their backpacks or get-home bags or whatever so that when something happens, they've got everything they need with them to follow that plan. Uh, the big thing is on that chapter, you know, a lot of people say, well, what do I need in a get-home bag? What do I need in a bug-out bag? There's a pretty good list in the back of that, that chapter that lays all of that out. So I highly recommend... Uh, you know, it's it's just a list to go by. It's like a guide, but I highly recommend people uh, check that out and follow through with it. Absolutely. I've looked at the list, and it is really solid. And, you know, for each person, just like their bug-in or bug-out plan, their, their to-go bag or get-home bag or whatever you want to call it, 
it's going to also be personalized, but you've given a really good background in, in a, in a, in a outline, a prototype for them to, to be thinking about. Um, you know, the, the authors, some of the other authors we've had in the show, like Joel Skousen, who's written the book Strategic Relocation, um, he advocates having a out of town place to go to get out of the major cities. You know, that the, the, the thought is the major cities are going to become kill zones. The feds going to come in. They're going to shut down the borders. They're going to, they're going to, blockade the streets, you're not going to be able to get out of town, and the supply lines are going to be cut off, the food and the medicine and the, and the, and the supplies are going to be dwindling, and then you're going to have a bunch of pirate preppers and marauders running around trying to take everything, and, and it's going to be a constant battle for sur- survival. So, you know, I, but, you know, the more I talk to people, Bob, so few people have the means and the will and the foresight to have a bug out plan that it's it's really good that we that we plan you know for the vast majority of people who will not have a bug out plan and they may even have a bug out plan but they may not be able to implement their bug out plan because the roads are closed by the time they even try to get out of dodge that uh that they have a bug in plan you know and and, right. and you know not work with the... your neighbors and 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 get to know your neighbors and and you know make sure right. that they're prepping and, and make sure that that uh, you have a plan where if the skittles hit the fan, you can have somebody awake 24-7 guarding the neighborhood and watching out for pirate preppers and that, that type of thing. Right. And, you know, the, the, the big thing about those are things that people fail to recognize or, or that they just plain don't know. Like, to give an example, there's, there's a federal mandate out there that it, ever since Hurricane Katrina, you know, one of the problems we had in Hurricane Katrina was that the refugees spread out to, like, six or seven different states. And when that happened, what we saw is the cities they went to and the states they went to, we saw a drastic increase in crime. And I'm not saying that's because of the people of, of New Orleans. I'm just saying that it, it's a simple fact. We saw huge increases in crime rates in the, in the cities and the states those refugees went to. Well, in response to that, one of the things that we've seen now is that there's actually federal mandates on what to do in the event of a natural disaster or some type of, of widespread disaster. And interestingly enough, what most people don't realize is if you're if you're leaving Arizona uh, and you're traveling either east, west, or north into another state, and you're on the interstate, when you get close to that state line, within five miles of the state line, you will see state troopers on both sides of the interstate. When you cross into another state, you'll see state troopers on both sides of the interstate. And the reason for that is because there's new federal guidelines, and in the event of, a, of some type of major emergency or whatever, the state troopers now have four minutes, four minutes, to shut down the interstates in and out of that state. Four minutes. There's the major metropolises, any city with a population greater than 65,000, they have 19 minutes to shut down all avenues of egress and degress for those metropolitan areas. So if you're in Phoenix and you live in a... in so you live uh, in Flagstaff or whatever, and you communicate back or you, you commute back and forth to work. If you're not out of Phoenix within 19 minutes, you're not getting out of Phoenix. If you travel to Nevada and you're trying to get home and you don't get across that state line within four minutes, you're not getting across the state line in your vehicle, period, end of conversation, because they will not be allowing people to cross those state lines, and they're not going to be allowing people in and out of the cities. They will contain the refugees as best they can within the metropolitan areas to avoid the chaos and the disruption and the crime and everything that will be going on the road. So knowing when to bug in or bug out is more important than 
than knowing it's more important than making that decision of bugging in or bugging out. Once once you've made the decision, that's fine. Or you're you're going to bug out. Okay, you got a place up in the mountains. Okay, when do you leave and go there? Okay, because the first eight uh-huh. to ten days following a massive nationwide society ending event, yeah, it's not the, police, the time to go. Right, the police are still going to be at work. They're still going to be you know maintaining all avenues of egress and egress in and out of the metropolitan area. So even if you've got a bug-out location and a bug-out plan, you still need to have 30 to 45 days worth of food and water in your home. That's number one. Number two, you have to recognize the migratory patterns of people. The people are not going to just all of a sudden one huge giant mass exodus out of the city. You're going to see a mass exodus the first day of people that that know what's going on and are trying to get out, as well as the people that, that live outside the city but work in the city. They're going to be trying to get home. Then about day eight or nine, you're going to see a, a mass exodus. It's going to last about 48 hours. You're not going to see your next mass exodus until about day 14 or 15 when people start running out of the stuff they need and determine that people in the country have what they need. So it's knowing when to get out because the last thing you want to be doing is leaving the city, leaving the security of your home, and moving with a group of several thousand, in, in y'all's case in Phoenix, tens of thousands of people, that are total strangers, people you don't know, you can't trust, and you're trying to move in this giant angry mob out of the city where everybody's doing whatever they can to get whatever resources are available. You want to leave in the midst of one of the ripples, not not with one of the ripples. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I if I am not gone by the time a society ending, ending event happens, I am in a plan on staying put because trying to go during that time is is to me, far riskier than, than staying home, laying low, and, and living off your supplies and, and, and rallying your, your uh, family and the friends that you've decided, your neighbors that you've decided to hang out with together. For me, my, my plan as far as bugging out is to be, to be in the bug-out location before the event happens. Now, depending on Correct. what type of event it is, that may or may not be possible. You know, if it's an EMP, that's not going to be possible. If it's an economic collapse, you know, my litmus test that most people are, are looking at is if the euro collapses, that's the litmus test. That's the sort of Damocles that predicts that the dollar will collapse. And most of the experts that have looked at that have said that the euro is going to fall before the dollar. And when the euro falls, that's pretty a sure sign the dollar is going to go down in 30 to 90 days after that. So so, so right. from an economic standpoint, that's kind of the thing I'm looking at. Some of these natural disasters, you're not going to know about them until they happen. And when they happen, it's already too late. So, fortunately, right. in your case, you already live in your bug-out location, so you're, you're set. You're bugging in in your bug-out location. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. For, for me, it's, it's a little different. Well, we're coming up on our next break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, some more about uh, how two is one and one is none and how to okay. fortify your home. And uh, I just want to uh, say a plug for uh, Prepper Fest Expo. Bob was out at our last expo in March at the Arizona State Fairgrounds, and he's going to be coming out for our next expo at Westworld, October 25th and 26th. For more information about the 185 to 300 vendors we're going to have, go to PrepperFestAZ.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Prepper Patch on Caffeinite. You're listening to The Prepper Patch on Independent 
Independent Talk 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. This is the Blaze Radio News. I'm Dave Perkins. We're doing exactly what any country would do, you would do, if you were targeted from across the border. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Operation Protective Edge, the IDF effort to put an end to the rocket launches from Gaza. Nearly a thousand so far, including well over a hundred in the past 24 hours alone. You would try to uh, pinpoint the rocketeers. That's what we're doing. Netanyahu on Fox News Sunday saying his objective is to reach sustained quiet and he will continue until it's achieved. U.S. Border Patrol agent Hector Garza saying the majority of agents assigned to guard America's southern border being pulled off of watch duty to help assist with the flood of illegals. The Blaze Radio's Chris Vermillion with more. Uh, approximately 70% of the uh, Border Patrol agents are, have been reassigned for administrative duties, and those duties include the processing uh, of, of aliens, caring for aliens, transporting aliens, and yeah, uh, uh, it's leaving a very porous border uh, in our country. Garza also making terrifying allegations as to who's to blame for the flood of illegal immigrants across our southern border. Well, the drug cartels uh, are the ones that are organizing and orchestrating this, uh, uh, this situation. Uh, what's happening is that the uh, aliens that are coming from Central America can simply uh, come up through the port of entry and, and get the same result uh, that they're getting now, uh, which is this free pass into our country. Garza speaking as a guest there on the Fox News Channel's America's News Headquarters. Texas Governor Rick Perry getting tough with the president on border issues. The president was not even aware that his border patrol was back 40 or 45 miles away from the border uh, at these checkpoints. They need to be right on the, the, the river. They need to be there as a show of force because that's the message that gets sent back very quickly to Central America. And it's important to do that because this flood of children is pulling away the border patrol from their normal duties. Governor Perry appearing on the program Fox News Sunday. I'm Dave Perkins. This is news on the Blaze Radio Network. Truth lives here. Hi, everybody. Jim Howell from the KFNX Weather Center. Most of our monsoon storms confined to the high country. 108 here in town. Then we pick up more monsoon activity tomorrow and Tuesday. Jim Howell, Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 108 degrees. Next news in 30 minutes or when it breaks. Here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. News, weather, traffic, Independent Talk. 1100 KFNX. America is truly exceptional and she deserves to be defended in the face of a rogue and runaway government. As respecters of freedom, we must commit to raising the banner of freedom for all to see. Hi, this is Shane Krauser, the director of the American Academy for Constitutional Education. Inspire your group and give them the tools and education to move this message forward. Schedule us to speak at your next event by visiting us at aafce.com. America's best days are yet to come. That's aafce.com. Hi, I'm Steve Cates, host of A Call to Rights here on KFNX. If you haven't heard our show every Saturday from noon to two, you're missing out on the greatest in news, commentary, and guests discussing your rights under our Constitution. The latest updates on how to protect your rights from an out-of-control government. And you'll learn our most important motto, how never to be a victim. If you're concerned with the direction our country is going, tune in and learn how to help take it back. Take back your rights on A Call to Rights with me, Steve Cates, Saturdays at noon on KFNX. You cannot see it. You can't see it, but it's there. Many of our veterans are suffering the effects of invisible wounds. If left untreated, post-traumatic stress disorder 
and traumatic brain injury can lead to homelessness, addictions, broken marriages, and suicide. PTSD and TBI are treatable. No invisible wound is too mild to ignore or too severe to lose hope. Please ask for help. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. All right, we're back here with Bob Gaskin. He's written several books. We've had him on the show for the last five weeks. Today, we're finishing up our review of society-ending events, the first 180 days. Bob, can you share with our listeners how they can buy these books? Sure. Right now, all three books are available on Kindle, Android, and iTunes. Um, and you can also order, uh, I know you can order Society Ending Events on Amazon. Uh, Morals of Survival and Developing the Warrior Mindset are supposed to be on Amazon by now. So, um, And then we've got copies in-house. So if they just send me a, an email, they can call me on my phone, they can hit me up through Facebook, whatever, I can I can get them a copy up to them. Right, when we ship them out, we don't charge shipping, so they get free shipping with anything that we ship. And Bob's last name is spelled G-A-S-K-I-N. And uh, um, let's throw your website out there for our listeners if they want to go to your website. So, BlackDogSurvivalSchool.com, and they can also find us on Black Dog Survival School on Facebook. Fantastic. And my email email address and cell phone are on both of those sites, so we're, they, they can contact Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Anyway. Well, Bob, the next chapter we're going to hit is Chapter 8, and I've had numerous people come up to me that have bought your book and read it, and they, they really like this chapter. The chapter is titled, Two is One, One is None. Um, share with our listeners some of, some of the thoughts that you have in this chapter. Okay, well, basically, you know, again, it goes back to the Rambo philosophy. You know, we're, we're not Rambo. You know, there's, there's not a single person out there that, that is going to survive any situation that the movies can throw at us. Okay, so when you think about it, you know, at some point in time, you're going to need to sleep. You're going to need somebody to stand guard while you sleep. You, you could you could get hurt and, and need somebody to help you with that. You know, I, I talked to a guy one time. He goes, well, if I get hurt, I'll just suture it up myself. And I said, okay, you're left-handed or right-handed. He says, I'm right-handed. I said, how are you going to suture your right forearm, you know, by yourself? You know, how are you going to suture <laughs> a, a cut on your back by yourself, you know? Uh, another thing which is I, I really like to stress with the two is one, one is none, is how you treat your spouse. You know, karma will always come back and bite you, you know. I was I was in an expo once and it's how I, I came up with one of the things that we talk about in the in that chapters. I was in an expo once and this guy kept asking me all these questions and I was answering them. And his wife every time she tried to interject a question, you know, he was just mean to her, you know, he's like, you shut up, I'm talking, you know, and blah, 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 and very mentally and emotionally and verbally abusive to his wife. And I stood there for about five or eight minutes, you know, listening to this guy talk and answer his questions, and, and about the fifth time he did this to his wife, I, I said, look, dude, you're, you're an idiot. And he goes, he goes, excuse me? And I said, you know, your plan is to bug out. So when the world goes to crap, you're going to be sitting there trying to get to your bug out location with your wife carrying a firearm and you carrying a firearm. And he says, yeah. And I said, you're the type of person that's going to make your wife walk behind you. And he says, well, yeah, I don't trust her to see any threat that comes along. And I laughed and I said, 
So you're going to be mentally, emotionally, and verbally abusive to your wife, your entire marriage. And then when your life depends on her covering your back, you're going to hand her a life weapon when there is no rule of law and have her walk behind you. And he goes, oh, I'd never thought of that. And she was, she was just grinning from ear to ear. And I said, there is no way I will ever allow myself to be in a situation where my life depends on my wife's uh, uh, security and I've been mentally and emotionally, verbally, or physically abusive to her. There's just no way I'm going to do that. But that's what it really all comes down to. You know, when, when you're in a life or death situation, you know, they, they, I'll talk a quick moment about combat. You know, there's, there's a reason why 50 years after, after two guys have been in a war together, they're still communicating even though they live in different parts of the country. There's a brotherhood that comes about from that. And that comes about from trusting somebody so much that you can go to sleep knowing that they will protect you no matter what comes at you. And in relationships, we have to be that way with our spouses. We have to. For purely selfish reasons, your own survival, you have to become completely unselfish and look out for them first and be willing to put your life between a threat and them because you're going to expect them to put their life between you and a threat when, when the time comes. So especially in a marriage, I mean, who better to have watching over us when we sleep or taking care of us if we get hurt than the one person that we've dedicated our lives to helping, you know, and, and dedicate our lives to being a part of. And if you can't trust that person because of your actions when, li- when life was good and the world was whole, you know, you're, you're up a creek without a paddle when, when the world goes bad, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that's excellent, so, excellent advice. I mean, you go into that in pretty good detail in the chapter. We won't give away all the secrets because, again, you, you, you guys really want to get these books, but uh, it's, it's, really, it's really important. It's really important. Another chapter, Chapter 9, is uh, Fortifying Your Home. And uh, just let's kind of go through there. You talk about uh, some of the things in there I never thought of, but, but – I've done some of the things. Let me just start by saying a little bit about my home. I live in a, I live in a uh, trailer home, and the outside of my home uh, has like three different colors of paint on it. It's you know one color here, and then we did some addition, and we never painted that. And you know the yard doesn't look all that uh, kept up. Um, if people were, if I, if I'm, and I don't plan to bug in, but if I end up having to bug in against my will. Um, People, I have one of the most trashed-out-looking homes in the neighborhood, and uh, you know it doesn't—it doesn't bother me. Uh, and when people drive by, I'm hoping that between that and the signs that I have that basically say, you know, anyone tres- caught trespassing will will be shot, and survivors will be shot again. That uh, <laughs> you know, people people are gonna decide, well, you know, that guy probably doesn't have anything I want, and I sure as hell don't want to risk my life in uh, checking to see, and, and they'll go to someone else's house. and, and uh, so, right. but, but without giving all the secrets away, share maybe one of the, the secrets in your book of uh, an example of, of what people can do. I mean, you've got some really creative stuff in here, uh, well, the, the signs and all that. Yeah, it, it started with when, when my wife and I first got married, of course, back in, in early 90s. We were out garage sailing one day, and we saw a bunch of signs going to one neighborhood, and my wife said, no, I've got a basic rule of law and when it comes to a rule of thumb when it comes to garage sales. I don't go to a garage sale at somebody's house that's poorer than me. 
<laughs> and I kind of laughed, and she says, because if they're getting rid of their junk, I sure don't want it. <laughs> you know, and and I applied that to my prepping when I, when I got serious about prepping back to late 90s, early turn of the century. When you think about it like this, in the aftermath of her, Hurricane Katrina, and then in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy, what do we see? We see the areas that are the most hit. We see when, when there's still some type of rule of law in that area, the National Guard, the local police, the fire department, whoever, they will come in and move people out. One of the things that became known during Hurricane Katrina was the, the Katrina crosses. When they would put a, a, a label or a sticker on somebody's door or window showing that, that that home had already been evacuated, they would put an X on the label, and then there's different numbers and symbols in each section of that X that tells, okay, there's dead inside, uh, we evacuated uh, five people, three of them were children, uh, we evacuated four people, two were critically ill, yada, yada, yada. So everybody started learning of these Katrina crosses. But here's the thing to think about. If you're, let's look at the opposite side. Let's, let's look at somebody that doesn't have any morals. If you're a looter, which house in the neighborhood are you going to hit? Are you going to hit the house that has a car that's already been broken into and their TV's laying in the front yard and, and paper scattered everywhere and it's been quickly haphazardly boarded up from the outside and there's blood on your porch and there's a big quarantine label that says infectious dead inside and it's got some kind of train across on the label. Right. Are you going to go into that house looking for food and, and stuff to loot or are you going to go to the house that still has electricity from their solar and they got smoke coming out of their fireplace? Obviously these people were, were ready and they've got resources that you need. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So in, in pre in preparing your home to survive the, the looters, one of the best things you can do is make make your home look like it's already been looted. And then make your home look like when they when they came through before everything completely crumbled and evacuated people, your home was evacuated and, and they left the bodies of infectious dead inside. You can go into right. Google if you go if you do a Google a picture search on Google for quarantine signs, you'll see all kinds of really good quarantine signs. Download that to a memory drive. Go to your local Kinko's and pay to have that printed, you know, four or five copies onto an eight and a half by 11 label. And then when you board up your home, you, first of all, you, first of all, you close the curtains, then you drop a black sheet over your window and then you, you put your plywood up on the inside. On the outside, you want planks like you would get off of a pallet. And you don't neatly organize with lovingly care these pallets over your doors and windows. You right. haphazardly throw them up as if somebody right. from the National Guard boarded up that home in a hurry. Right. And then you yeah. smack one of these quarantine signs on with the Katrina yeah. cross, and people yeah. are going to avoid that house. <laughs> Bob, we're, hold that thought. We're coming up on our next break. When we come back, we're going to finish up with the last two chapters of Bob Gaskin's book, The Side of Any Event. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, YouTube. Uh, we'll be right back with Bob Gaskin. Thank you. You're listening to The Prepper Patch on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Divorce is a serious thing. To the extent that you can save your marriage, you should. No one knows that better than the attorneys at Cordell & Cordell. 
Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. As many of you know, we represent men in domestic relations cases. And most of our clients are captive to a process they didn't choose. If they could have, they would have saved their marriage. But their wives told them they want out. Suddenly at issue are the assets they've been a lifetime accumulating. What's more important, their role in their children's lives. If you're confronted with a marriage you can't save, we hope that you'll consider Cordell and Cordell. By the way, unless you're in Missouri or Illinois, I'm not licensed in your state. But that's okay. Our attorneys in your state are. Call Cordell and Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Arizona attorneys, a partner men can count on. 602-995-6666. That's 602-995-6666. Offices in Scottsdale, Chandler, and downtown Phoenix. 7150 East Camelback Road, Suite 444, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85251. Annuities are complicated. Before you buy an annuity, you should seek professional advice. Call Wayne Candice to review any annuity you're considering or currently own. Dial 480-ONTAP-88. That's 480-ONTAP-88 to reach MetLife's top financial advisor, Wayne Candice. Dial 480-ONTAP-88. That's 480-668-2788. Securities, products, and investment advisory services are offered by MetLife Securities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. MLIC and MSI are MetLife companies. Tech One Auto in Peoria is your premier auto repair and service shop. We offer rapid, accurate diagnosis and repair. Our technicians are specially trained and we're fully committed to a service-oriented code of ethics. There's no need to wait around while we work on your car. We'll call you when the repairs are done. If you need a car while yours is in the shop, we can arrange a rental car at our low rate of only $10 per day. Call now and ask for Fred Hewels, owner of Tech One Auto, 623-486-4824, 623-486-4824, or visit techoneauto.com. That's tech, the number one, auto.com, or call 623-486-4824. 4824. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Well, we're back with Bob Gaskin. And I have to tell you, Bob, these shows have been the easiest for me to produce and run. The time just flies by. I can't believe we've had four shows in the last five weeks, and we haven't even scratched the surface of some of the – well, we scratched the surface, but we haven't really covered the majority of, of what you have in these books. And it's just it's – just, it's the number one thing on my heart. If I could share anything with the prepping community, it's, it's, it's not about stuff. It's about what's in your head. It's about what's in your heart. It's about your relationship with your maker, uh, your, your, your God. Uh, I'm not going to tell people what God to, to worship, but what, whatever your God is, uh, that is the most important thing, is having a spiritual foundation that you can rely on and turn to. Um, you know, and it's interesting, Bob, before we get back into your book, I'm just going to mention there's two authors that have written books on survival that I that I that are favorites of mine. One is a guy named Ben Sherwood who wrote a book called The Survival Club, and another one's a guy named Lawrence Gonzalez who wrote a book called Deep Survival. These books have both been out for years, and they're very well read books. They're available anywhere, and they both interviewed dozens of people that survived horrific, horrific situations that mo- that most people would die from. People that have fallen out of an airplane at 35,000 feet without a parachute. People that had uh, that lived, yeah, uh, all sorts of bizarre things where people, you know, prisoner wars for five, eight years, the uh, James Stockdale in Vietnam, the Stockdale paradox, and and the overriding, and then they in, they interviewed these guys and they made a little matrix of uh, on one axis is all the people and on the other axis are all the skills and 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 beliefs and mindsets and 
And the number one skill reported in both books, number one by a significant margin, a survival skill, it wasn't tenacity, it wasn't, it was faith. Faith in a right. higher power and faith that you will get through whatever you're in, no matter how bad it gets. And, 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 that, and that's it. I mean, it's by faith we are saved, it's by faith we live, and it's by faith that we believe in God. And, uh, you know, that was the number one. And I love the number two one. The number two one is having a sense of humor, being able to look death in the face and not get locked up, not get analysis paralysis, not get tense, and to be loose while you're staring death in the face. And if you right. can hold those two things in your mind, listeners, when the Skittles hit the fan, you are 95, 98% ahead of everybody else who's going to be running around. They're in the normalcy bias now, and they're going to be like the guys trying to get on Noah's Ark when the Skittles hit the fan, and they're going to be all in, in panic mode, running around with their panties in a bunch, all in, all in a panic. Um, right. So, so and your book pretty much hits, the, hits that really hard. Uh, both your books do. All your books do. So we're going to finish up with the last two chapters, uh, Building Your Group. Uh, you kind of alluded to it a little earlier, and the two is one, one is none, is that you can't do this alone. But uh, building your group is, you know, something, if you're bugging in or bugging out, uh, share, with, share with our listeners, you know, some of, some of the, the highlights, uh, salient features of that chapter. Okay. But before I do that, I want to throw out a statistic that most people don't know. In Vietnam, are combat-related deaths. 17% of all deaths in Vietnam from our service people were people who died from non-life-threatening wounds. Non-life-threatening wounds. Reason being, when they got hurt, they went into shock, and they convinced themselves that they were going to die. They didn't have the mental and emotional fortitude to withstand what they were going through. They were so afraid of death that they convinced themselves they were going to die. But 17% of our combat-related deaths were from non-life-threatening wounds. That should be a huge wake-up call to a lot of people on the importance of being mentally and emotionally prepared to face what we're going to, to face. But in, in forming a group, one of the, you know, I hear people talk all the time about, you know, I'm part of this group and I'm part of that group, and I ask, well, what's your constitution like? You know, what are your laws? What are the punishments for those laws? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like the three guys that form a partnership to start a company, and they, when they form the partnership, they have the contract of how everything's going to be, all the spoils are going to be divided, but they don't put an exit strategy in it. They don't put an exit clause. So when things go to, you know, fall apart, they don't have a way to deal with that, and they're, and they're dealing with it in the anger of the, uh, of the moment and the emotion of the moment. It's the same philosophy. When you're designing your group, the, the first thing we did when we designed our group is we laid out our constitution. Once we laid out our constitution, we put in there as many crimes as we could think of that would be, that could be committed by people in our group and what those punishments for the crimes were because some punishments do include the death penalty. Okay. So, or, or banishment, which if you banish somebody on day 90 from your group and send them out in the wild, it's pretty much banishment. That's, the, death, that's, anyway. the, de- that's the death penalty. <laughs> right. So, but the point of that is when people want to join our group now, while the world is still somewhat normal and whole, they can, they, they, they are being filled with all of the knowledge of what life will be like in our group after the fact. So if there's somebody that is criminally minded or somebody that is of low moral, you know, and they're just hiding it from everybody, they know that when the Skittles hit the fan, they're going to be dealing with a situation where they know what the punishments are to the, to the violations of the laws. 
So hopefully that will prevent them from, from violating the laws. For preppers that are not part of a group, I highly recommend you need to start a group or look for a group to join. You can hit the American Preppers Network. They've got all kinds of forms in there. Uh, you can hit the Arizona Preppers Network, which is a subgroup from the American Preppers Network. Check out all the forms. There's meetings all over the place. Join a meeting. Find some like-minded individuals and get a part of become part of a group because you know we, we, we did a lights out week. I'm going to kind of divert for a second. We did a lights out week once where where we brought in all these people and they were from all walks of life and, and for 46 hours while we did 23 different one hour classes for 46 hours everybody lived a lights out situation and the end result was the same. Everybody was saying the same thing. There is no way I could have done all of this on my own. You can't. You can't get up in the morning and chop enough wood to build your fire, to cook your food, then eat your food and provide security for yourself while you're doing all of this. Find your water, purify your water, heat your water, all that kind of good stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, clean your uh, dishes, you know. Right, do your dishes, uh, get your campsite going, dig your slip trench, yeah. you know. Yeah. Everything yeah. there is to do in a day when modern yeah. conveniences cease to exist, a person can't do it on their own. Become part of a group. I, I often joke the main reason I started my group is because I hate to chop wood. <laughs> and I know there's going to be somebody that comes along that, that's been to get prepared, that has got a strong back and strong arms that I can provide them food and they can chop my wood for me. Mm-hmm. You know? But in, in forming your group, you got to understand that things are going to go crazy. It's going to be chaotic during that first 180 days. And any any rules or laws that you can write down now and put the, what the punishments will be to that. Again, it's another thing of, of establishing a plan and following that plan through. That's the code that you're going to live by. And the people have to know now what they're going to face then so that they can make it an educated decision on whether they even want to join your group or not. Yep, absolutely. So, and, you know, and, and we, I've talked about this with the group I'm in, and, you know, you want to have, you want to have some restraint systems, whether they're handcuffs or straitjack. People are going to freak out. They're going to have their meltdowns. They're going to have right. their emotional and mental meltdowns. And you, you want to be able to protect them from themselves and protect others from them without having to do something harsh like shoot them. Uh, so, right. you know, having a, a, a timeout place and, a, and an ability to, to, you know, whether it's zip ties or handcuffs or whatever you can to restrain people, because there's, there's going to be people that are going to need restraint. And you want to have right. non-lethal means of being able to neutralize them, whether it's a stun gun or pepper spray or whatever, and have a means of, uh, of uh, restraining them so they can uh, come out of their, their maniacal uh, attack and, and, and then go back to being a, you know, a normal person of society. And uh, right. I, I, I firmly believe that having you know, some non-lethal means of neutralizing someone and having some restraint is, is, a, is a good part of, of every prepper's stash, every community stash. Right. You know, and, See, and in your book, you go into explicit detail. You've got security, logistics, critical services, members, right. uh, you know, rules, voting. I mean, you, you, go into, you go into big, big detail. I don't, I don't want people to think that we've even begun to scratch the surface of what's in his books uh, by spending, you know, four weeks going over these things. It's, I, I just I really feel strongly about the content of your book, and I really wanted to hit it hard. And I think uh, our regular listeners are getting that message loud and clear uh, as we go through this. Well, Bob, we're almost out of time. I want to just hit on Chapter 11. You have what I what I would consider one of the finest 
list. It's about 20 pages long of a comprehensive list of items. Again, this, this could be perceived as a fire hose for people that are new in prepping, but, you know, it usually takes a couple of years to get your preps in order. I mean, I've been prepping right. for a long, long time, and there's still a lot of stuff I don't have. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a way of being in a process. You kind of get the essentials down, and then you, you start working at the peripheral items. But your, your, right. your list here is, is really, really solid. And uh, I want to I just close on one other thing. You know, each person is going to ultimately have to make their own decision on how they decide their behavior. And the overwhelming theme of your books uh, is that the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule do not go on vacation in a grid-down situation, and that right. everybody has to make their own, you know, everybody should ideally follow those Ten Commandments and not steal and not be a pirate prepper and not be a marauder and not be a looter. But then you, you give some scenarios and examples in Chapter 5 of various uh, things that people might be experiencing. And some of them, you know, if, if you've got some severe need and you, 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 you stumble upon a home and, and the home is empty and it has some resources, taking just enough to, to you know, uh, fulfill a need, uh, it, it, there's a difference between looting and cleaning it out and trashing it and then just maybe taking a little bit to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to okay, it sounds like we're out of time. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to The Prepper Patch with Tony Tangalos. Join us next Sunday at 2 p.m. to discover more steps you can take to become more self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. This is Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Add your voice to the conversation. Join Rita Stiles for conservative talk from a unique perspective. Rita Stiles, Fridays at 8 p.m. Marriage, politics, pop culture, and today's news like you've never heard before. Rita Stiles, a fresh conservative voice, Fridays at 8 p.m. Dr. Kondrat has been selected to be the clinic director of the American Medical College of Homeopathy in Phoenix, Arizona. The clinic will offer world-class homeopathic and alternative services at greatly reduced rates. This clinic was established to make homeopathic and alternative care more affordable to the thousands of patients looking for alternative treatments. For more information, call the clinic at 602-864-0512. Once again, call 602-864-0512. Michael Savage. Here's the thing to remember. We don't have a political system that's functional. The thing to remember is it's it's not a functional system. It's a monopoly. And like all monopolies, they're very difficult to break. Monday through Friday. 